Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's a new era for the 49ers. Oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo. With a roster full of talent. Debo Samuel with the catch. The pass is going to be picked off by Bosa. Nick Bosa. And it's almost time for kickoff. Welcome to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. And we are off and running. It's the kickoff show at the Hilton in Santa Clara. The tailgate party is free, folks. Free. Stop by, say hello. The man on my right, Lo Neal. I'm Larry Kruger. Tim Jordan on the controls. Chris and Cameron back at the mothership on 95.7 The Game. And we're getting you ready. It's week seven action, 49er football. Exciting day for the Niners. The Kansas City Chiefs in town. It is alumni weekend. Several of the 49ers, great players of the past, are here. And if you want to throw, uh, if you want to send us or, or tweet us or, or text us your uh, your favorite 49er alums. I mean, it's easy to go Jerry, Joe, right. Steve, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Roger. You know, those are the ones that stick out, of course. But there's so oh many. God. Tommy there's... Rapp. I love Rapman. You know, so I'm... I made a little list. Yeah, you got I made a little list. list. Okay, okay, here's okay. my little list of alums that I love. I mean, these are my Niner players of yesteryear that I just I don't think about them a lot, but man, I love those guys. William. Bar none, Bar none. Love that guy. Love. See, I, got, I got to start with the fullback. Yes, you're. You're right. I gotta, you know, I'm sitting next to a future Hall of Fame fullback. I got to go with the fullback. Love William Floyd. Still a good friend of that guy. Bar none. Uh, Rathman. Tommy Rathman. Love him. Greatest play in Niner 44. history. Oh, I'm a big was, Love that was guy. Uh, eighty uh, the super the NFC Championship game. Bill Walsh third and thirteen, trying to put the Bears away. Up twenty eight three. He ran. Tom Rathman off tackle for 14 <laughs> on third and 13 <laughs> that, that to was put the, the Bears away. Right, right. I mean, oh, that was the ultimate. I can't yeah. believe you go back to the playbook and remember that play. What a right off the right side, boom! He hits it for 14. Wow, 14. Wow. Good night. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks for, for coming. Show. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and as Keena Turner would would say in the locker room that frigid day at Soldier Field, <laughs> the big bad Bears thought the finesse 49ers were going to get knocked around. Instead, the finesse 49ers marched past the Bears and into the Super Bowl against the Bengals. That's a long, long time ago. But bar none, Floyd. Deion Sanders. Oh. Love Deion Sanders. Was he not the Swiss knife? I mean, that guy was like an assassin for hire. Deion Sanders, he would go from Dallas back to the Niners. I mean, Atlanta, what that guy did for the NFL was just unbelievable. One chess piece changed the fate of a Super Bowl. Love Isn't that Deion a, it was Sanders. amazing. Love Deion oh. Sanders. Took Prime away time. half the field. Super cocky. Yes. Didn't tackle anybody, but yes. it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. Pro- How many done. guys play defense and they can't tackle, but it doesn't matter? Right. <laughs> I mean, right. It's like unbelievable. How about ED, baby? You got ED on your list? I don't have ED, you but I love Eric ED. Davis. He Eric did have a big pick six in yes, the NFC Championship Eric game. Davis, he maybe God. had the biggest play in one of the biggest games in Niner history. Yeah, Eric Davis. Love that guy. Man. Love Eric Davis. Oh, yeah. What about uh, the Merton chicken? Hanks. I was getting ready. The chicken neck, baby. Merton How about Hanks. Merton? He's always doing the chicken, making the, yeah. I mean, that guy yeah. was unbelievable. Merton Hanks. I, I, I love the big nasty, so I got to go Michael Carter. Oh, big number 95. 95 Michael. Maybe the best nose yeah. guard ever. Yeah. 
He was tough. You talk a lot about the guy you played with, Jamal Williams. But Jamal, but Jamal Williams. But yes, Jamal Williams was kind of like a Michael Carter type. He was unbelievable. This actually put him in the ring of honor with the Chargers today. So congratulations. Today? Yeah, today. Oh, wow. I was Congrats. supposed to go down. The, I was like, man, I, I sent the video to, big, my, to, to my big boy and said, hey, congratulations being in the ring of honor for the Chargers. But, yeah. Space Eater, unbelievable nose guard. Eric Wright. Eric Wright. Nobody talks about Eric Wright. The Niners won the Super Bowl in 81. They had the rookie draft picks. Everybody talks about Ronnie. People remember Dwight Hicks. People even remember the hard-hitting Carlton Williamson. They forget that Eric Wright was just a superstar corner and that's part of the re- out of Missouri and that and he's he's tough and he was tough. fast and he could cover so Eric Wright's on my list Ken Norton Ken Norton baby John Taylor John Taylor Fresno baby Johnny T he's Fresno yeah oh, okay. he's still there in Fresno now John oh, Taylor was ama- amazing Chuck Haley Charles Chuck, oh, Haley Char- number Charles 94 Haley is still absolutely a beast I mean Haley was crazy mean Unbelievable. Charles Haley, love that guy. couple more before we get into it. Uh, Dwight Clark, the late D.C., yeah, loved him. Loved For the old school Niner yeah. fans, I mean, if you're going way, I mean, I'm 52, but if you go old school, the people in their 60s or older, Cleveland Elam, Cedric Hardman, Tommy yeah. Hart, Jimmy Webb, yeah. the, the incredible D-line that Floyd Peters coached up in the mid-70s under Monty Clark. Oh, my God. Great, great. How about high stepper? High stepper. Roger Roger Craig's on my list. Roger Craig. Uh, I know he's had some problems off the field, but Dana Stubblefield is on my list. Dana was tough. Stubby was a great player. I think the 97 Defensive Player of the Year in the league. Last two, the Hawk, Deshaun Goldson. I love the Hawk. The Hawk was friggin' amazing. I got a guy that you probably won't put on your list because he was a short time, only a short period here, but I absolutely loved him. Played with him, got a million bucks for making one of his bonuses. You know, outside backer, unbelievable guy. I was so happy that he won a Super Bowl. City champ, Ricky Jackson. Ricky Jackson, the great Saints. <laughs> yes, yes. Part of the Dome Patrol. Right, Dome Patrol. Ricky Jackson Pat came to San Francisco. And, and, yep. uh, and uh, Von, Von Johnson. Johnson. Von Johnson, Pat Swilling, Sam Mills. Oh, Late my Sam God. Sam Mills, yes. the Hall of Famer. Yes. And Ricky Jackson. City Ricky champ. Jackson was tough. Tough. He hit Emmett Smith hard oh. in that NFC oh. Championship game. Yeah, he did. And, and then, and then uh, last one. Kevin Fagan. Uh, Kevin Fagan. They used to bring a stool out to practice and just put it there because his knees were so bad. Oh, my God. And that he didn't barely ever practice. But, man, I ran into him at, at Rochester's Big and Tall. How was he doing? Um, this is years ago. Yeah. He was with – years ago. It was Kevin Fagan, Alonzo Highsmith, yeah. and the late Jerome Brown. And they were all at uh, Rochester's there on Mission Street. Okay. And Kevin Fagan just had the ridiculous guns. Yeah. Kind of like you, oh, well, no, he just he had was, the ridiculous yeah, – yeah. But this guy was so strong. And that Michael Carter, Pierce Holt, um, Kevin Fagan, that 3-4 front and with Carter in the nose and Holt and Fagan on the ends, an incredibly tough 49er front. So alumni weekend, I thought we could awesome. have some fun. If I say to you, you know, Niner history. Now, you played on a number of teams. You never played for the Niners. But is there anybody on that, any, any Niner great from – at any period that you, that you say, you know what, it's alumni day. Let's shout that guy out. Yeah, you, well, of course we we the late and great. We had, well, just went at number eighty seven. Dwight, he, yeah, we what, all loved what, Dwight. We loved Dwight. Had opportunity to work with was. him. Yeah, worked with him at CSNB. See, and just what a pleasant person and sweetheart of a guy. Sweetheart of a man, and it was what a family. life he led. Oh my God, he's just a. A tremendous man, tremendous leader, and, you know, just sad that he's gone. But just, I mean, that guy, the catch, you know, the infamous catch. But just what he was to Joe Montana was a consistent pro, was a constant pro, a great guy, a leader, just just an amazing man. So, uh, you know, I know you've already mentioned, but Dwight Clark was just had a special part. DC. Got to work with him DC. as well. So yep. just just loved the guy. R.I.P. D.C. for sure. He was the he was the best. We were just talking about him the other day down in Ninerland about how Bill Walsh told him yeah. when the Niners were playing a Monday night game against the Browns and they were going one up against Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield. Yes. Great corner sure. tandem of of their day. And Walsh was such a great play designer. He's like Dwight, I'm gonna cu- I'm, I'm gonna design this play. You're gonna run the out and the up. And when you when you flip your hips and turn 
turned to the field, there's not going to be anybody there. And Dwight told me this story at a Giants game one time, and he's like, sure. I'm like watching the film, and I'm like, these guys run so fast. And I'm at that point in his career, he's like, I didn't run nearly as fast as I did. And I'm, I just didn't believe Bill. But sure enough, I ran the out. I flipped my hips. I put my hand out, and there was nothing but green grass. And I just, when the ball was in the air, I was like, just don't just drop it. <laughs> just don't drop it. Love DC. Uh, Love wow. DC. Great right. story. Let's get into it. Last week, it. 49ers lose to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, really interesting football game from a lot of on a lot of perspectives. Uh, you know, the, the final score is twenty eight fourteen. Niners dug themselves a fourteen nothing hole. Quickly jumped right back into it. It was fourteen fourteen almost instantly. But man, I mean, I guess the question is. Are you here to credit Marcus Mariota, who was absolutely spectacular, and Arthur Smith, who had an incredible ball control game plan that was, you know, executed to near perfection? Or are you here to, you know, say what the 49ers didn't do? Jeff Wilson had a crushing turnover. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a career day, but the Niners lost Emmanuel Mosley. Niners were minus three in turnovers. Kyle Shanahan had no hurry-up offense to speak of. In the, sec- in the fourth quarter of that game. That was my biggest disappointment. And then huge drops from both Ray Ray oh, yeah. McLeod yeah. and Charlie Warner. Right. And, and three crushing penalties by Jake Brendel, one that negated a Brandon Ayuk huge 35, gainer. yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? Was that a game that the Falcons won and you credit them? Or, you know what, the Niners blew it? No. It was a game, you know what, the Niners didn't blow it. The Niners wasn't winning that game. You and I, we talked last week, and we said, hey, this is going to be a tighter game than what people think. And you looked at the team, and you think about how many injuries they have, especially when it comes to the interior. You look at Atlanta. Atlanta just put on their big boy pads, and they had more will and they had more desire. And I told you, what, that's one thing that we talked about keys. I said intensity. That was my – you said, what, is, what concerns you? I said, can they match Atlanta's intensity? Because I knew Atlanta was going to put their big boy pants on and bring a can of whip ass, and they were going to run the ball and try to pound the ball. They created a new line of scrimmage. The Niners – Played fizz, tried to play physical. They absolutely they put on. They took a page out of the Niners' playbook and did what the Niners do well: run the ball. Mariota only 14 passes, completed 13. They were consistent. They beat them up. They punched them in the mouth. They came out. They said it's four yards in a cloud of dust, and they dared the Niners to stop them. The Niners had no answer. Yes, they climbed back in the game, and yes, there was some drops, but Atlanta just whipped them. Yeah. Atlanta's played out, play, outplayed them, beat them up. You can take those drops and all those things they can take. They still wouldn't win that game. They were just – Atlanta was a better team on Sunday, just more physical, beat those guys up, and they just got downhill. Every time Atlanta touched the ball, it was four yards in a cloud of dust. Their running backs ran physical. The Niners are a great physical finesse team. They're a fast-running, hit-you team. But when you line up and say, let's put up big boys and just go straight at them, they're a little light. Yeah. They're a little light. Well, and I think we also kind of saw that the 49ers, you know, the defense, it's like a Jenga game. You take out a piece here, uh, the thing doesn't topple. You take out a piece there, hey, it still hasn't toppled. The 49ers played a good portion of that football game last week without seven of their 11 defensive starters low. I mean, we, it's a deep defense, and, and, and it's an incredible defense, but you can't lose seven starters of an 11-man defensive uh, team and, and not – notice a difference. Oh, without a doubt. And, and that's what everyone said. Oh, the Niners defense. I said, and, and another thing I said, everyone's talking about how this defense is the best defense in the league. I said, no, it's not. It's not the best defense in the league right now. Because you had, because of Mosley, not having Bolsa, you look at Ken Law. Think about the guys, the injuries that they have. For people to think, oh my God, this defense is just un- unbelievable, still it's up. No, it's a good defense. But, like, you're talking about you losing these starters and people are like, oh, this defense is still great. No, it's a good defense. It's not a great defense right now. Yeah. You've got well, too it many. Was, too- it was a great defense statistically on paper, but those guys weren't on the field. Exactly. What's the old saying? It's the way you play the day you play. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, you mean, and the old saying, you can't make the club in the, in the tub. tub. Absolutely. <laughs> we can right. do this all day. Absolutely. No, but, but, I mean, yeah, you take away uh, Kinlaw and Armstead and, and Bosa. Bosa. And Aziz. Yes. And, and Mooney Ward. Then right. Fonga goes out with the concussion. And you don't have Jimmy Ward. Yes. And eventually you're looking around and you got some good backups. Many who's balling. Drake He's, Jackson's balling. Um, they, but, you know, Ebukam's playing at a really high level. But then who backs 
still not, though. Yeah, exactly. But see, you're, you're, you're right. Starters. You're missing seven starters. But then after those guys that say they're playing okay, but then now I'm th- so I was trying to tell you the point that I'm trying to make is now your first string is not there. So now your second become starters, and now your third and your fourth become your second. Yeah. So you, you can't do that. It's not sustainable. So now we knew that your offense is going to have to carry the load. And the biggest thing to me, yes, they had some drops. Offense is going to have to play better because this defense, it's hurting in certain areas. And until the Calvary is back, your offense is going to have to play better, and I think they will. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good point. I mean, last week they were really asking their offense for the first time this season to kind of carry the load, yeah. shoulder that burden, and they weren't, they weren't able to. They, they weren't, weren't able to. No. One of the things that really jumped out to me was how good the Falcons were on first down because when they got into those second downs, and especially some of those thirds, we're talking about very manageable downs. I mean, Atlanta converted 9 of 14 on third down, but how many of them were third and two, third and one, third and three, third and short, basically? How about and the third and 13? And that's the, third, the, big, oh, that the was biggest. That, that, that was, that was the game to me. Yeah. Right before halftime, yep. you just scored. You're the Niners. You just scored a touchdown. It's three minutes left before halftime. You kick the ball off, and you have them where you want them. Third and 13, you've come after Mariota. He scrambles and picks up 13 yards, and now they go in to score. Yep. To me, that was the that was the snell in the coffin. At that particular time, after that, I said the game's over. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm totally with you. In fact, this is my play sheet, and I actually highlighted that play. It was third. And 13, they were at their 39 yard line. Niners blitzed, and I talked to Drake Greenlaw uh, two days ago about this. He's like, "Man, I almost got there. I almost got there." And they sent they sent Hafanga, they sent Greenlaw, and Mariota was very. First of all, Mariota was awesome. We got to talk about Mariota. Yeah, but he was decisive. Read the blitz, boom. Right up the middle, 17 yards. And instead of being, you know, fourth down and the Niners getting the ball back with like two and a half minutes left in a tie game, it extended the drive. It brought them across midfield. Suddenly, they were basically right around the 40-yard line. A few plays later, Mariota, you know, uh, beats Womack for a three-yard touchdown run on the boot where um, Womack lost contain. And it's 21-14. 11 plays, 75 yards, a little bit over six minutes. Mariota had 53 rushing yards and on that drive. And so the Niners got the ball back, and instead of being two and a half minutes left in a tie ball game, they got it back with 57 seconds left before halftime, down seven. Right. And, they, and then that's where he threw the late pick, the pick to uh, Isaiah Oliver on the, uh, on the play where he just kind of threw it up for grabs. So ultimately, the Niners had to go into the locker room trailing by seven, and then they came out in that third quarter, and they just weren't sharp. Jimmy was not sharp at the beginning of that third quarter. He missed a number of passes, but I agree with you. That was a huge uh, blitz pickup, and not really even a pickup as much as Mariota read blitz and took off. What's your read on Mariota? Do you think Mariota is going... I mean, Marcus Mariota played like the way the 49ers someday hope Trey Lance is going to play, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you had to account for him in the run game, and he was... He had... Well, he had at least two ball fakes that fooled the CBS camera crew. He did. And not just that. If you watch it on the sideline, how focused he was. Mariota's getting a second shot to being a starting quarterback in this league. He backed up Derek Carr last year with the Raiders, and you saw what it did for him. The maturity that he has. The way that he's throwing the ball. He's in a good little rhythm. And I'm going to tell you right now. Everyone's talking about Atlanta. Let me tell you, I think Atlanta's the best in that conference. If you look at Tampa where they're struggling right now, if you think about the rest of the teams in that conference, does Atlanta, does, does the Saints scare you? When you think about who's Not there, really. look at Atlanta, the way that they're playing football. They're physical. They can run the ball. They play good defense. I think Atlanta is a, is a team now in that conference that it don't, don't close the door on them. So, yes, I like the way he's playing. They're not asking him to go out and win games. They're telling him, hey, you manage this game, you make the throws you need to, and we're going to run the ball and we're going to play good defense. I like what they're doing in Atlanta. Is it, do we have any scores yet? Is it, how's Atlanta doing with Cincinnati? Oh, I, I don't know. We got to see. It, you know, that, somebody back, Atlanta runs it well. They Cincinnati do. can't stop the run. I, I, think, I, I was wondering if Atlanta was going to get the win over Cincinnati. The other thing, though, that jumped out um, about this game was that the 49ers went away from their run game and then they, because they trailed 14, uh, nothing. But then they tied the game up, 
but they still stayed away from the run game. The Niners only had 10 runs, and they had 41 passes. 10 runs for 50 yards for the 49ers. But it was funny. I was, I was making my notes on, in the, in the uh, postgame about you know, exactly what I, my breakdown on this game was. This is what I have. Uh, the offense is the Niner offense is consistently less than the sum of its parts. Their weapons aren't dynamic. Jake Brendel needs to be replaced. They need to use Danny Gray. Trade for Christian McCaffrey was my thought on, on Monday. And where was the hurry up urgency from Shanahan and the Niners offense in the second half? And I thought about it. My takeaway, number one takeaway from that game was that when you watch the Niners in the second half of the game, they were on that drive where they burned through all that time. They just, yeah, they made some mistakes. And, yeah, Kyle Shanahan shouldn't have run it on that second down run play to Tevin Coleman with five minutes left. Probably just lost some focus. But the lack of, of quick strike ability with Danny Gray being a rookie and un, not being able to be trusted, with Ray Ray McLeod dropping that one deep ball, with Warner dropping the deep, they, they don't have – dynamic offensive playmakers. I love Debo, but he's not dynamic down-the-field guy, and neither's really Ayuk. Um, and their running backs without Mitchell are don't. There's no dynamic. Jeff Wilson's not dynamic. Tevin Coleman at this point is not dynamic. J.P. Mason, TDP. I don't see super dynamic. And that led us. That leads us to what we're going to talk about next segment, which is Christian McCaffrey. But I, you know, to me, the Niners. I think, and even the announcers kind of commented, it's like they look like a team in this NFL where it's all about quick strike ability. Do they have quick strike ability? They have, they don't have a quarterback who throws deep well. They don't have tackles who can hold up, it seems like, to allow that quarterback the time to survey the field down the field. So they lack the offensive tackles to protect on the deep pass. They lack the quarterback to deliver the deep pass. They lack the receivers to get deep. And it's like they don't – there's some really good weapons here, but there's not a lot of dynamic weapons. And that's why I think there was a real need for McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that Ayuk and, and Debo, I think, they're, I think they're more dynamic and explosive than, than, than meet the eye. Like you alluded to, watching the offensive line and looking at the tackles and saying, can they hold up to give Jimmy time to throw the ball downfield? And right now, that's still a question because the answer against last week against Atlanta was no. He couldn't hit the seven-step drop and have the ball be able to let guys come open and guys dropping passes. So when His you deep look ball at it, kind of hangs a it, little bit. It, it does hang. So when you, but you have guys that I believe that can get downfield. They can stretch the field. They have speed. If you watch, if you watch Debo, when he's even, he's leaving. Got you? Have you seen him get ran down? I mean, the guy is pretty explosive. He's fast. He's quick. Ayuk, same type of guy. I, I just think that you gotta you gotta present the quarterback has to take more chances, get pushing the ball down the field. But like you alluded to, the offensive line has to hold up. Guys can't take turns missing blocks. Guys can't take turns holding. Guys can't take turns of saying, "I oh this I whipped." You saw it last week. The big thirty-five yard pass to Ayuk. Got called back, called back because of holding. There's the, the, the offensive line, it's got to continue to grow. It's got to continue to grow. Well, Trent Williams should be back in there today. I think Mike McGlinchey's going to be back in there today. Um, and it's going to be huge because Frank Clark's on the other side. Chris Jones is on the other side. Um, Clark is not the same player. He's lost some weight. He's not running around at 255, 260. He's closer to the 245 range. He's lost some bull rush ability. So they're not, if you talk to Chiefs people, they'll say, you know, they're not getting the edge pressure that they've gotten in the past. That's a little bit of a surprise because Frank, you know, they went from D4 to Frank Clark. They didn't miss a beat. Right. Uh, but now Clark looks a little underpowered. They're not quite getting the same push from, from uh, outside. Uh, they are getting a little healthier today. Willie Gay, who's a 4-4 linebacker, will be back on the field today helping them against the run. But, you know, Kansas City, I, that's going to be interesting to see if Kansas City can put a little heat on Garoppolo and if the Niners can protect Jimmy G. All right, Thursday night. 
late Thursday night. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm watching Lakers Clippers. I'm falling asleep. And all of a sudden, my daughter says, Dad, 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 the Niners just traded for Christian McCaffrey. And I'm like, what, what, what? I look down at my phone. There's like Blown nine up. different yes. people there. Yes. I'm getting texts from Willard. I'm getting yes. texts from my all these my buddies. I'm, everybody's weighing in. What? Right. What's going on here? So, I mean, I, I go, I fire up the YouTube channel. Right. I went live on the Krug Show Thursday night. And all of a sudden, we got 850 people in the room. And we're chatting for four hours about this trade before we get into it we're going to talk all about christian mccaffrey we've got some great cuts sound cuts we're going to play you as well from uh, jeff chadia and todd husak who i talked to late this week after the trade was consummated before we take the break here what was your first thought thursday night did you catch the news thursday night or was it friday morning no i caught it thursday night my phone starts blowing up and twitter and instagram my boy Barna hit me up. Twitter. Everyone's like, oh, my God, is, is this real? And I'm like, is this really true? I mean, I made a tweet that night. It was like, wow. I didn't think it was going to happen. I know Cal Shanahan wanted him. I know Cal Shanahan, we know that he likes this guy. They got the babysit him. And, they, you know, I imagine after the game, Christian said, come get me. Get me out of here. <laughs> come get he me. He walked up and he said, really? And he probably, him and John said, let's go to work. I'm surprised Carolina let him go. I, I was surprised that you let a guy who is the face of the franchise because you don't have the quarterback. He is the face of the franchise. I was shocked they let him go. All right, let's take a time out. We're here at the kickoff show brought to you by Jim Beam and Harris Ranch Beef. Uh, We're at the uh, Santa Clara Hilton free party, tailgate party. We'll be here for all the home games. And coming up next, Christian McCaffrey. Why I believe CMC is the right acquisition at the right time for this Niner team. We'll get into CMC and his addition next on the kickoff show. Low Neil, Larry Kruger here at Levi's. On 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to the kickoff show. With Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. And good morning to everybody. Larry Kruger and Lo Neal here at the free tailgate party at the uh, the Santa Clara Hilton right across the street from Levi Stadium. It's week seven in the NFL, and today we get the Super Bowl 54 rematch. Right. The 3-3 three and three Niners against the 4-2 and two Chiefs. Week seven in the NFL. It's a 
week of dog meat games, but this game yeah. is probably the best game on the schedule. I'm sitting next to the future Hall of Fame fullback, Lo Neal. Do you mind if I call you the future? I love it, baby. Yeah. I love it. It's I mean, starting. It's, start, it's sounding good. You're getting me fired up right now. Well, you know what? I, I you know, I, I've been passionate. For, and anybody who knows me knows I've been passionate for years that Roger Craig belongs in the hall. And when we got matched together to do this yeah. uh, pregame show by the great Matt Nahagi and the program director here sure. at uh, 95.7 The Game, um, I, 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 you know, I, I Wikipedia'd you, and I start looking through your stuff, and I'm like. <laughs> What the heck? Why is Low Neal not in the Hall of Fame? And dude, seriously, I mean, you were an All-Pro fullback. You blocked for like eleven straight thousand-yard backs. Eddie George has got you know a, a second level on his house because of you. You know, I mean, uh, Corey Dillon's probably got a couple cars in the driveway <laughs> Love because stars. of you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson's probably got jewelry in the jewelry box because of you. I mean, seriously, there's a lot of guys walking around, walking around there, you know, go, sitting there going, you know what? I'm not walking with a lip because of low Neal. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it, you know, Larry. I really and and do. seriously, really your day's got to come. I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think I, you you'll get what? there? I, I, you know, I don't know. I think the fullback position, someone's got to go in. I think when you look at guys like, you know, Larry Sinners, I think he was one of the best receiving fullbacks, caught 100 balls. Cardinals, one year. yeah. Cardinal loved that guy. I think when you look at, Guys like Moose Johnson, what he did for Emmett. Moose Johnson's a guy that, you know, look at what he was. Sam Gash, I love Sam Gash. Sam I am, a tough guy. Um, you look at you look at guys that you know played the fullback position. If you think the best running fullback, in my opinion, is Mike Allstott, you think about what he brought to the table as a fullback, what he's able as a runner. So I think that, you know, I was one of the better blockers. So I think there's some guys that are deserving of it. When I talked to Mike and talked to Moose, that I want to do a golf tournament, man, and make fullbacks great again and have a golf tournament that's bring all the guys in. I want to do that and, and have all make it fullbacks and running backs and just have that and, and bring the media and, you know, and say, hey, look at all these fullbacks, you know, bringing in the William Floyds, the different guys, you know, Husechek and all the, the yesterday year and the guys now present and have a, a, a golf tournament, bring some awareness to the fullback position because uh, I think it should be. I think that someone's deserving of it. Uh, um, and I'm just grateful that, you know, you're yourself and people always throw my name in there. So I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, dude. I mean, anybody listening to this, go YouTube, Low Neal, and you will see what I saw, which is, if I could describe it, I would say a stripe on a stripe. You know, stripe on Thank a you. stripe. As far as head on head. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. You weren't. No fair you dodging. Weren't, you weren't sidestepping no, nobody. No, no. It was like stripe on a stripe. Mono a mono. Here we it's go. You or me, uh, something's got to give. Absolutely. My dad was just, hey, somebody, hey, sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. So uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. That was my gig. Stripe on a stripe, like you said, and go, hey, go to your hair glass. Yeah, there you go. Stripe on a stripe. <laughs> if there, you know, seriously, this guy is a head knocker. All right. Christian McCaffrey ah. traded to the Niners Thursday night. I believe this is the right player at the right time um, for the right team. I think that the Niners lacked some dynamic nature in their backfield, especially once Raheem Mostert went to Miami. Um, this is a player who's going to give you that dynamic impact. And before we talk a little bit about it, I caught up with Todd Husak this week and Jeff Chadia, two guys, Jeff working for the NFL Network. Todd, the former Stanford color sure. analyst, saw his entire, saw Christian's entire collegiate career. And I asked Todd, how are the Niners going to utilize Christian? Here's what he had to say. You know, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. Uh, I know it's a lot of picks, but again, you're getting a guy you think can be a difference maker for you. You're getting, you already have a team that's pretty deep, uh, is pretty young and has a lot of talent. And so I don't see where there is a player at those spots in the draft next year who's going to come into this team and immediately help them. And so for me, it makes sense. Again, it's, 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 uh, it's a high roller, a high stakes type of uh, uh, bid here, a trade. But again, I don't think that you're losing much in the draft next year for what you want to gain this year. They think they can win a championship. Philadelphia and Minnesota have proven themselves in the NFC. Everybody else is kind of, you know, kind of squabbling and, and trying to figure out, you know, where they fit in. So the Niners, if they can make a move with this, it's a good move. 
All right, that was not Todd Husek. That was Jeff Chidea talking about the price to acquire McCaffrey. But since we're started with Chidea, let's finish with our second one with Chidea. Um, you know, he he was talking this week about how you know the 49ers they don't they they do well on day three of the draft. They do well with undrafted free agents, and that he'd much rather have a player like McCaffrey than the picks that they traded to get him. Free. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And again. That will help them down the road. But right now, if you said, what would you rather have, those draft picks or a realistic shot at winning a championship, I'm going with that championship shot every, every time around. I know people are looking at the Rams right now and saying what's happened to them, but seven months ago, people were raving about all the moves that they made and, and how it worked out for them. So, so, again, I look at the NFC as a whole, and I look at what Philadelphia is, I look at what Minnesota is, and I just think right now the Niners are very much in that mix if they can get healthy that that offense can really take a step forward. Yeah, I mean, I think Shadia hits on it there in that I'm looking at the draft picks they have next year with now that they've made this trade. The trade was a 2023 second, third, and fourth round pick, a 2024 fifth round pick going to Carolina for McCaffrey. But this is what the Niners have going into next year's draft. They've got two third-round comp picks. They've got two fifth-round picks. They've got a sixth-round pick they got from Arden Key. They have their own seventh-rounder. They got a seventh-rounder that they got from Denver in the Jonas Griffith trade last year. They also have a seventh-round comp pick from Raheem Mostert. They also potentially could have two more third-round draft choices if D'Amico Ryans happens to get a head coaching job this offseason, which I think is probably very, very likely. So you're talking about a 49er team, though, that even with trading three picks in next year's draft is very likely to show up in next year's draft with 10 draft wow. picks. That's why this is the right trade at the right time. Because, yeah, the 49ers are 3-3, three and three, but look at the NFC. What do you got? Right. You got Philly, you got Dallas. I think the Niners are right there with every other team beside, you know, even including Philly and Dallas. I think it's wide open. I don't think the Niners fear Philly or Dallas or Tampa or Green Bay. They don't. So, I, I think this is John Lynch telling the locker room, I believe in you guys. I'm gonna, I believe this team's got some special traits. I believe this team can win a Super Bowl. And you got maybe 10 draft picks next year, even despite making this trade. So I think it's, it's the right trade at the right time for the right team and fills the right need. Without a doubt, I look at this trade and I think about what he brings to the table. It's undoubtedly he's a, he's a game changer. I like him better now at this stage of career than, than Zeke Elliott. You think about what he what, what McCaffrey does, he's a chain mover and he's a game changer. He's so explosive in the past game. So when you're looking at this Niner team, to me, Jimmy G has every weapon. This is this is Jimmy's I think when you not only did he say believe in the team, you believe in Jimmy. I'm going to get you another guy. I'm going to get you a guy that's going to take a burden off you in the past game. Also, you have a true running back that is an elite running back in this league. Top five running back without a doubt. Top three probably running backs in this league. Just the total back. There's not three backs that you would say you would pick over McCaffrey right now because what he can do overall. So I look at McCaffrey. This is a huge chess piece, and 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 I think it's a breath of fresh air. You were going to play Kansas City today, and you're looking. Okay, you got you know your your offensive line coming back. You got both your two tackles that 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 are staple here. You got them back. You got some help coming. So now you're already going to be energized. But now you go out and you get McCaffrey. Think about what the offense and the defense. You don't think the defensive guys going to be looking on the sideline and holding their breath watching McCaffrey because you just got an electrifying player that guys aren't going to be more jazz. I'm telling you right now, this game right now, I think the Niners, by doing what they did, you energized your team and you energized them for a win today. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think also, I mean, not that this was a factor because I don't believe it was, but look what the dialogue was going to be. Look what the dialogue was for a good portion of the week on 95-7 the game this week. It was a lot about Jim Harbaugh. It was a lot about comparing Jim Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan. Harbaugh's 44-19-1. Shanahan, because of uh, the team that he inherited, is still sub-500. They both had a Super Bowl berth and lost in the Super Bowl. But that was going to be the dialogue today. And now it's not that. We're going to see Christian McCaffrey out there, and it's going to be 
be more about McCaffrey and this team and what's coming this season for this group and in the future, and it's not going to be looking back and comparing, would you rather have Harbaugh? Well, he was 44-19-1. You know, so it changes from this, let's second-guess the current regime and kind of bemoan the loss of Jim Harbaugh to, hey, look what Christian McCaffrey all the possibilities that exist with this offense with McCaffrey in it. All right, let's hear from Todd Husak. I asked Husak, the former Stanford color analyst, he did the, you know, did the Stanford broadcast for years when McCaffrey was there with the great Dave Fleming. And I asked him how he thinks Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are going to use Christian McCaffrey. Here's what he said. I think they're going to put him in a position where they can create mismatches. He's going to get one-on-one in space, and he's going to make some linebackers and safeties look look foolish at times. And not only that, but he's not the focal point of this offense. As soon as defenses start to focus on him, they're going to get beat by Debo and Ayuk and, and Kittle. Um, and, and he's got the best fullback in the game and use check uh, to lead the way for him. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do in this offense. And clearly the, the start of the season hasn't been the way the 49ers fans and certainly the players had hoped losing a couple games that I think everybody thought they should win. But, with this added piece, it's just another wrinkle that defenses have to prepare for, uh, and he's capable of making big plays when he gets the ball. So, again, I'm, I'm very excited to see how they kind of slot him, how they use him in the offense, both as an eye back, spread out as wide receiver, and the, and the mismatches and the pressure it takes off the other players on the offense. I mean, everybody's going to get better now as a result of having a weapon like that on the team. I mean, you know it better than anybody, Lowe. When you put a great player on the field at any position, the burden on the rest of the ten guy, other 10 guys goes down. No question, it will. And, and you look at this team and you think, okay, how is this team, did they get better? They got a lot better, not just as a running the ball, but now they got a lot better in passing, like you said. And I love what he just said. He said, because now he's not the focal point. When Christian McCaffrey was in Carolina, he was the focal point. He was the offense. Now you're in a situation where, you're not necessarily the focal point. So now Ayuk and, you know, and Debo, and you're talking about Kittle and Kuzcek, all these other guys now are going to be able to flourish even more because you've got a, not, a, a running back now that can do so much in the passing game, what he can do in the running game. So I think that this offense is going to continue to flourish and play better with the addition of, of, of this young man. And I asked Yusek, you know, how he's going to fit into Kyle Shanahan's offense. Here's what he had to say. With the way the 49ers offense is built, they're not necessarily a stretch-the-field type team, right? Jimmy Garoppolo's strength lies in accuracy under 15-yard throws, and that's where Christian McCaffrey is probably at his best. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that the family ties and the, and the history uh, between Stanford and the Shanahan's and the McCaffrey's, uh, it makes it a pretty special opportunity. You know, if this thing works out well and the team goes in the right direction – There'll be a lot of celebrating between families uh, and, and generations of families. So I, I think that does add something to that move, um, but only if they win, right? Only if it's successful as, as we look back uh, in February. It also matters what kind of guy are you? What kind of, you know, the one thing from being in the Niner locker room this year, there's not a bad guy in there. They don't have bad guys in that room, and I think that's one of the strengths of the team. The, the composition of the team is made up of guys who are all pulling the rope in the same direction. I asked Todd Husek, what kind of guy is Christian McCaffrey? A, a couple different coaches said this guy McCaffrey is a freak in the in the in the locker room, in the weight room. Like he's he, he is the hardest working guy we have. He, there's no limits. He's one of the strongest guys we have. And they, they are very careful of giving praise to uh, true freshmen coming in. And, and you know, they, they want to have those guys earn it. Everybody had, had talked about how awesome this guy was coming in that summer before his freshman year and how he just outworked everybody. And that offseason, he got so much better because he outworked everybody. He, he could not get enough of the, the training and what goes into making – a successful football player. He watches the tape. He understands his body. He takes really good care of himself. Um, really smart guy. And so I, I think hearing that praise from a coaching staff and the strength and conditioning staff that never said that about freshmen. I mean, maybe Andrew Luck, like they were shocked how good he was, but to be effusive in that praise of a young man physically and how prepared he was and how hard he worked, I think showed that he, he had a chance to be something special. And sure enough, 
you know, he ended up, ended up breaking Barry Sanders. What was it? 30 year old all purpose yards record for a single season in college football. Um, because he can do everything. He's a receiver. A receiver. He was a slot guy. He could run the screens. He was an eye back. Uh, he returned punts and kicks. I mean, he was shoot. The guy could probably play defense if they asked him to. I mean, he's that type of a all around great football player. He understands the game. I, I mean, you would expect a guy who was around it with his dad playing so long in the NFL um, that he absorbed some of that. But his very rarely in my career did you come across guys who were the most talented and also were the hardest working, right? I think in those rare exceptions, you had the superstars, guys like Jerry Rice. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey has those two things. He's incredibly physically talented, and he works really hard. His teammates like him. Um, you know, so I, if he can stay healthy, that was, that's been, you know, the hiccup in his career. If he can stay healthy, I think he has a chance to do something special in the next three, four, five years of his career. You know, you know better than anybody, Lo. This is the problem in NFL free agency. If you go bring somebody from outside the room in the room and he doesn't work hard and he's making a lot of a lot of a lot of bank, there's guys that look at you cross-eyed in there and go, wait a second, why are we bringing this guy in? He's not even working as hard as guys we have here. The fact that McCaffrey is not just a great player, but a Jerry Rice type worker right. is another reason that this is gonna play well in the room. Yeah, he, he's a right, he's a 49er. I mean, you could tell the 49ers. They wouldn't count, you know, Shanahan wouldn't have did this, and neither would John Lynch if they didn't think he was a high-character guy. And, you know, they have some family ties, so you know that this guy, the way that he works, you saw him in college, and just the way that his body, he takes care of himself. What? How many years does he have left on his contract? Is it still two more, three on the, on the deal? Because well, the deal is right now, He uh, his deal is um, he only counts 646000 against the cap this year. But then he's on, under contract next year for $11 million, under contract the year after that for $11 million. I think I believe there's three seasons at $11 million per year going forward. And I would expect the 49ers will likely renegotiate that deal once they move Jimmy and kind of change the compo- you know the the uh, composition of their roster right. a year from now. But yeah, that's the beauty of this. Yeah. He doesn't cost a lot on the cap this year. Right. And going forward, you could always renegotiate that and kind of work those numbers. And, and I think you will because you have a guy now, you know, he most are, you know, you know, was a talented guy, but he's not McCaffrey. And by no stretch of imagination, Raheem Mostert was a home run guy. We understand he's got talent, but McCaffrey's a way better athlete, and McCaffrey's a better player. So when you, so you got a guy that you know that it's not going to be lack of effort. He's going to be on time. He, you talked about, you alluded to, hey, if a guy you bring a guy in and, and he doesn't work as hard, guys look and say, man, why'd you bring this guy in? He's he's not a part of he's not a part of this culture. You have McCaffrey, who's a part of a culture that that's built in culture because because how he was raised. But now you're bringing him to a niner. He's going to show guys and how to set a standard. I think this is going to be a great, great this is a great acquisition for the 49ers. and I think right now the Niners get healthy. I think you made them now the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really mean that. I agree with you. Uh, there is an injury concern with McCaffrey. He's missed 23 games over the previous two seasons, all due to injuries. And I asked Todd Husack about his body type because that was my question coming out. How durable would he be? Here's what Husack Husack had to say about Christian McCaffrey's body type. Yeah, I think he understands that you know his ability to change direction and his his burst are probably two of his biggest strengths. So putting on too much weight would inhibit that ability. Um, and he understands that he has to keep a certain body type. And, and you mentioned his upright running style, and he's not the biggest, you know, pounding back. He's not a 240-pounder. But a little bit like, you know, you, you look at some of the great running backs, they, they very rarely get hit hard, like hit head on, knock backwards. They have that ability at the last second to – change their body angle or, or avoid the hit and get that extra yard after contact. And I think he has that ability. I mean, it's his injuries have been more just tweaks here and there. Um, and so I, I think that just comes from overuse. I mean, the, the percentage of snaps that he's been on the field for uh, Carolina when he's been healthy, it's, it's the highest in the league, I think, year after year. So figuring out a way where Shanahan can use him but still keep him healthy for the next, what is it, 11 games? Um, that's going to be, I think, a key to not only certainly Christian McCaffrey's success, but I think the offense's sustained success because he he just gives you so many more 
ways to beat a defense. And if there's one thing Kyle Shanahan has shown, he can get creative with the right pieces and give defenses headaches by the way he creates mismatches across the field, uses play action, uh, and uses running backs in, in receiving routes. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what he can do because he, he's developed some plays over the years that have been fun to watch. Uh, how many snaps would you play him today? We're thinking maybe Kyle's going to play him 20-25. You think that's good? You want to see more? Uh, I, I think that's good. I think he'll play 15 to 30 snaps. It's 15 to 25 uh, without a doubt. I think you'll see him move around, do some things because he's good. And a, a lot of times when you hear people say, well, God, he's a smart guy. Think about what they keep saying McCaffrey, how smart he is. Smart guy. You have to realize he understood what Car- he knew what Carolina was doing to him. He knew that he wasn't going to win. He knew he wasn't a team that was getting to the playoffs. He knew that this, he was getting paid. He got that. So he wanted to respect his job. But at the same sense, you are not. You have a little extra that he could probably got out of him. But he knew that, hey, I got to try to last in longevity, and I'm, I'm not going to waste it here. So you're going to have a McCaffrey that you're going to see a different guy. New lease on life. New huh? lease on life. And I think that you're going to see more physical. I think that you, that you see less injuries. Because when you're not, when you're playing on a bad team and you're the main focus point, if something's hurting, why go out there and go and why risk it? You're risking it for what? I know you're getting paid, but he's a smart guy. So I think you're going to see McCaffrey a lot less injuries because he's on a better team. Well, should be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. And we get a chance to see it starting today. His cap number jumps to $12 million next year. Um, and, of course, his father played for the 49ers and was on their Super Bowl championship team. Uh, and his father played nine seasons in Denver. So there's the connection with the Shanahans. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And as far as prop bets, McCaffrey prop bets today, the over-under on total yards for McCaffrey today from scrimmage, 75.5. You going over or you going under? That, you know what? I'm going to go under because it's his first day. I, I think that you, I think they're going to use his uses. I think he'll touch touch the ball probably eight to ten times today, and I think. But he'll be in the plays probably have another fifteen plays that he's just in there decoy running different things. So I think his uses. I, I don't think he touches it more than I would say twelve. Well, it should be interesting. The Niner offensive staff have a package of plays for him. Expect to see Christian McCaffrey quite a bit today in the red zone. And thanks to Jeff Chidi and Todd Husek for giving us their thoughts on the newest 49er. And I personally don't think they paid too much of a price. Um, there was also people asking, you know, is Kyle Shanahan, you know, how can a coach on the hot seat make a trade? Well, that's just it. He's not on the hot seat. If Kyle Shanahan were on the hot seat, you wouldn't trade for draft picks, uh, you know, you, for a, for a running back. But he's not on the hot seat, and I think he fills a perfect need for the 49ers. Why right. do people say okay? Uh, okay what, no, go ahead. What you say? Why why are fans and people saying, man, Kyle Shanahan, he's on the hot seat, or should you get rid of? Him? Why is it even a question? In your opinion? Well, you know, let's let's tease that because up next, JD's going to join us, and I'm going to throw that question to JD. I think it's a great question. JD's going to join us next. We'll get his breakdown on this thing as well. He was at Friday's uh, practice and at the Friday presser, so we'll get oh. his thoughts on Christian McCaffrey and that question that Lowe just answered next as we continue with the kickoff show. We're here at the Santa Clara Hilton. The free tailgate party will be here for all the home games. Brought to you by Jim Beam and Harris Ranch Beef. Lowe Neal, Larry Kruger, more straight ahead on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t